This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 13 of The Dog Days. Welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. Today we are joined by uh, James and George from Sanctus. Boys, hello. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Firstly, Pleasure. where did you come from today? Different places. We're based in Shoreditch, but I live kind of North London, and then you're... Where are you, James? Stockwell. Yeah, Stockwell. It was yeah. all right for me. You came from Stoke Newton. I, I had a bit so. of a mission. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a mission. Stoke Newton. I got here an hour, like an hour early as well. I was just sitting around the corner in like a coffee shop oh, waiting. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I got here so early. I didn't want to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> and the infamous drug dealer car as well yeah. was sitting there staring he said, at you. He said he was, on the ph- like he was on the phone trying to call you, and you were waiting outside. So imagine just like an onlooker looking at him yeah. trying to call, and you're in the BMW like just waiting for him like... Yeah, Well, look, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're missing Ian. We are. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we've, uh, we've not got Ian. But we've He's got, um, we've got probably hung over from last night's game. Yeah, good news. Spurs won 6-5 if you're a football fan. Yeah, big um, game. Ian of FC Not Alone will be, I guess, nursing a hangover. A guinness <laughs> yeah. hangover this yeah. morning. Yeah. He's here in spirit, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We do have some questions that Ian wants to ask you guys as well, which I think cool. we might cover anyway. Um, but look, I, I guess the best way to start this off really is to go through the birth of Sam for anyone that doesn't know, and I'll do my best here to describe you guys in a, in a pithy line, um, but Sanctus is, I guess, a collection of coaches for businesses that are looking after proactively their mental health within their business. Um, it's a, a hugely important topic at the moment, and I think one that we have barely even really scratched the surface on, uh, A, as a podcast, but also B, as a nation, as a, as a world. Mm. Um, it's new and it's very important to a lot of people. Um, I guess I, before going into Sanctus, I did a bit of research and, and looked as to where you guys came from. You had another business, uh, business before. Um, you guys are obviously entrepreneurially in the mind and, and really excited to kind of kick off and get started. You weren't a traditional kind of, I don't know, Accenture employee jumping out. You went straight into getting or raising like a million pounds or something. Can you just, can you take us through that part and then I guess move into the birth of Sanctus? Yeah. Is that okay? Why, why don't you do it? Because I always, <sighs> I always do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see you, I'll you pointed at me there. George, yeah. George, George, I just, I'm fucking done there. Okay. <laughs> I think it's because I've, we've told, you tell this story a lot, so I think, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we have, but maybe it'll sound different now. Um, yeah, well, we met back at uni. We went to Sheffield Uni together and we didn't know each other before we went into uni but kind of we met I think we like lived in the same halls and then we when we did meet James like you happened to go to the same school as my dad like we're both from the Midlands <laughs> like really weird sort of yeah. you know we just, we just connected on yeah it was like you went to the same school as my dad that's yeah. weird um, same humour and stuff and we just both yeah I didn't think we called it entrepreneurial at that time mm. we just wanted to do, do things and do things differently and not really do uni to be honest we just you know, I was doing business management, mm. you were doing, what was history it, history and politics. And, politics. Yeah. and we just, you know, we had a lot of ideas and um, I'd done a few things sort of before I met James. I was kind of, I suppose, more entrepreneurial. It was already mm. in my blood at that point. 100%. I'd kind of had a little watch business that I started in nice. my um, in my first year at uni. Um, I played football up before that point as well. So yeah. kind of, yeah, done lots of different things. And um yeah, I seem to remember like that was what kind of bonded us as well. Yeah. I think I was doing this sort of yeah entrepreneurial stuff, and James was like, "What is this kind of?" Yeah, I'd, I'd never classed myself as before uni. Like I'd never the no. thought of being an entrepreneur. I think I wanted to be a journalist. That was but that was about the only career idea I'd ever had. Mm. And then um, I, remember, I remember meeting George, and uh, 
I just remember thinking like, this is a this is an interesting guy because at mm. uni like you know what it's like let's go and get pissed and yeah <laughs> also everyone always looks back at uni going god what if I'd done something else on the side because you yeah. have so much time on your hands right that's in between the, that's the things I think when I met George I was I was pretty, I was just I think I was impressed to be honest I was like this is a cool he's a cool guy he's yeah. doing something a bit different and then that's then we became mates I think that was my mentality at uni mm. like, I was like I've got so much time here yeah. um, I want to just make the most of it so yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, doing no, exactly. honestly like every hour I was trying to make something yeah. and then we were both kind of into, into football mm. and um, yeah we kind of we were bouncing around different ideas for what we could do we had like a, the classic student problem of like how do you find a good night out we, we started this idea for a nightclub ticketing app classic nice. yeah, yeah, that classic is. student thing night finder because yeah, at that may, age may it rest in peace what are you, yeah. <laughs> it never there. got launched really? no, <laughs> no one found the night no. but we spent but months, it rest in months peace. thinking about because at that stage in your life as well you don't have that many problems in your life like it, yeah, we were yeah. trying to like what are our big problems finding a night out da, da, da. is that was that a problem I swear it's not, no, like not really pressure, it's not no, really not a big problem not at all mate we could have we wanted to just start a business it could have been anything right Honestly, and it is and funny that's a good point actually because you, you you do that as a as a, someone that wants to be an entrepreneur you go wow what do I care about right football yes. uh, nights out right a pizza <laughs> yeah. Domino's pizza right okay football with pizzas brilliant yeah. no, no. and that, <laughs> honestly yeah. our first business was called Match Chat right. and it was a football app done wow. and it yeah. was you know back then this is 2012 you know, sports social network. Yeah. I think, again, every sports fan has, has thought about that. And for us, it was, you know, why isn't there an app? I remember we went to the Derby Stoke game. I remember it well. And we were both in the car and we listened to the radio, people calling in on the radio. Yeah. And James literally in the back of the car was like, mate, why don't we do this in an app? Yeah. Why are people still calling into the radio? And literally from the next day, Just... we bought the domain. That was it. And before we knew it, we'd kind of dropped out of uni. Yeah, yeah. We'd gone through a tech accelerator, raised a lot of money, and suddenly, before, like we were twenty-one, and we kind of had this. Whoa, company. this uh, hold on, yeah, wait, that's yeah. a whole other stuff. That, that yeah, yeah. Like, Whoa, what's yeah. the way? Hold on, you sit in the car, and suddenly you're on a tech accelerator. First, <laughs> yeah. what is a tech accelerator? Yeah. Uh, wait, take us, take us through. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, yeah. Well, we had, we had we had this idea, and then we just we just got obsessed obsessed by it. To be honest, like we were, I think we were sec we were second year at uni at that point, weren't we? And we 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 become quite close mates, and. Um, it just gave us something to fixate on, I think, mm. looking back. And we'd, you know, we'd be in the library till like one in the morning. I don't know what we were doing, but we were working on this quotation marks business. It yeah. absolutely wasn't a business at all. I, know, I noticed you, read, you wrote somewhere, we watched the social network and we read TechCrunch. <laughs> it's so true. It honestly, yeah. it honestly, well, I think we just wanted a piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, yeah. we did. We just wanted the kind of the startup dream, the the life attached mm. to it or the perceived life. And we started to get obsessed with other entrepreneurs, looking up to other entrepreneurs mm. and seeing these people who... So funny you should say that because I went through the exact same journey last year before coming home because yeah. I'm well, technically trying to start a tech startup yeah. uh, in what I'm doing. And um, literally... I just found myself staying up till two, three in the morning, just watching other entrepreneurs, watching Shark Tank, and being like, oh. <laughs> "Yeah, just crazy." Yeah. yeah, and we, you know, we'd find ourselves, um, yeah, other entrepreneurs that are like working out in Silicon Valley mm. and photos on Instagram of their like MacBook Air and some cool coffee shop, <laughs> and just, oh my god, that's the life we How want. How does this happen? It's become uh, so like it's so glamorized, yeah, yeah, so glamorized, and and we definitely fell. Um, kind of victim to that. But this that was seven or eight years ago now. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was yeah, a long yeah. time ago. And and I think 
that was when the ecosystem specifically in London was just starting to boom, I think. Mm. And uh, I think the investment scene was just taking, mm. was, was taking off. It had already been taken off, but it was like fully coming into flow. So, and, and accelerators were, would, were kind of just getting born, which is basically an in- incubator programs where you get given a small amount of investment and then you group together with another cohort of businesses, you know, with the thinking that if you put a load of smart people in a room, they will help each other and they will grow faster okay. and then they'll right. be able to raise money. So we applied to um, an accelerator in Newcastle called Ignite. And and in fairness, whilst our business was was rubbish, what... What was good was 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 me and George. Like yeah, we yeah, were, we were good. Um, I think I would. I don't like this word that much, but I would use the word hustle to describe yeah. it. Like we were, um, yeah, we hustled definitely. You know, we'd meet people that we kind of arguably shouldn't have met. Um, I remember never forget meeting like a guy called Lee Strafford who he founded uh, Plusnet and sold it, and then was the chairman of Sheffield Wednesday. So. We went to meet him in his house in like the Peak District, which was just like a surreal, weird experience. And he probably got us onto that accelerator program, yeah. to be fair. And then, yeah, and, and I, I think the way George describes it, it, it was that fast. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it was kind of like June 2012 and we'd stayed in Sheffield after the term and I was working in some bar and George was playing FIFA. Um, <laughs> in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and we got... It, why is no there's not a business around like FIFA in pants? Yeah. <laughs> and we got... Yeah, we got given 15k. Okay. And it was Amazing. like the most money we'd ever seen in our lives. Yeah, and yeah, We had course. a business bank account and it was there and then all of a sudden we were deferring... We were speaking to our departments and mm. saying, yeah, we're not... Like we're doing a placement. That's how we, what yeah. we did initially and then it was off to Newcastle and trying to start a business basically so it did happen that quickly yeah well, i mean it's, it's, it's important that like, you, you know the, the word hustle and stuff but i'm guess, i'm guessing it was always there because you know i read that you guys you know saw 33 different investors you know mm-hmm. before actually was that was that with sanctus or was that so this is going on but yeah. i'm saying the hustle yeah. is there and i think a lot of people that are trying to raise money mm-hmm. don't realize you put yourself out there meet as many investors as you can mm-hmm. and you know be your true self and you never know what you're going to find yeah, but, but we didn't do that with Match Chat. No, no, no. We, no, we no, hustled, but yeah. we didn't do the other bit. No, no, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, we, was, what was the biggest learn from that? Because it's, I mean, I, well, it's probably it's quite a nice vehicle into Sanctus, but I know that you speak a lot about having a purpose. Mm. Or even, you know, when you're hacking any industry or when you're trying to develop a new company, you hope it is a hack of some mm. sort, defined by this is a new solution to an old problem. Mm. What, is, do you think that was the only thing that, that didn't work with, with Match Chat? Or is there any other learnings that you think you'd take away? <laughs> There's so How many. long we got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to take this whole... Yeah, yeah, so yeah, at the no, moment, I've got casting of investment uh, or investor... I, 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 we could honestly... Well, we have I written think, a thesis on it like, in yeah. three years. I mean, it's led... It, people's, it feels like we've been doing this for like seven, like eight years now yeah. and there's all those learnings and failures have led to like who we are now and why we're doing Sanctus yeah. and why we're doing it the way we're doing it. I think the biggest thing when I think back is like we didn't really know ourselves that well like we didn't know who we were we were young we were like kids still and we thought that having a business would equal like this thing this like happiness thing yeah and we didn't ever think like is this what we want to do is this who we are do we understand what it means to raise quarter of a million pounds? Do we really know what that means? Like we never took any time to think about like the long game and our lives. We thought really, really short term of like, if we do this and raise this money and go on this accelerator and do this, 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 it will equal this really, really quickly. Mm. And 
it was just it wasn't a very good play. Like it, we for a long like people on the outside thought we were like smashing it and really happy, and like there's probably a three to six month period that was awesome, which is yeah. probably that accelerator and that first bit. And then once we had investment, employees, an office, all the things that I thought would make me feel great, mm. we weren't in a very good place for a long time, mm. really, because it was hard. And can you define? what that was and how that looks for me i think the dream turned into a nightmare didn't it quite mm. quite quickly and I, th- I think on reflection we kind of got into this industry that we'd always wanted to be this like the startup world and the rate at which we learned outgrew the, the company it, like we learned very literally on the first week of like this accelerator program around, alongside all these amazing people or you know we would hustle and, and get ourselves into meeting some good partner at a vc firm and and we read the blog posts from all these bloody famous mm. entrepreneurs, and and it doesn't take you long to work out that if you're going to start a business, you need to be deeply passionate about the problem you're yeah. solving, and you need to have a fucking problem that you're solving, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, you need yeah. to have a vision for the world. Yeah. And honestly, I think on reflection, in three months, I think I figured out we didn't have any of that. Really? And I just and that I just, just hit you, and I, hard, it hit yeah. me, and I think I was so scared of what that meant that I just buried it deep, 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 mm. deep, deep down inside, and I just I just ran away from it constantly, and I kind of put on this facade of yeah, hustle hard. If I keep persevering. Mm. I'll figure it, figure it out. If I just work harder and harder and harder, it'll all be okay. And um, I think, and I think a big learning from that for me is like, is is was in our relationship with me and George. I think we often talk and look back, and I always say I wish I'd have listened more. And George always said mm-hmm. he wishes he'd have spoke spoken up more. Yeah. And um, I think that was you know we're each to blame mm-hmm. on that front. So there's a lot of learnings there. Per, the personal learnings I completely mm-hmm. agree about knowing yourself because I think. I sort of built myself from the outside in, like, right. who do I need to mm. be to be successful? I'll be that person yeah. rather than who am I? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, and then a billion and one business yeah, learnings course, about yeah. focusing on revenue, thinking about profit, words that don't seem to be even in the conversation in most tech yeah. companies. Um, thinking about the user, obsessing over that. Um, an approach to investment, lo- loads of like yeah. sort of actual hard business learnings yeah. that, have, that have guided what we do now, definitely. Brilliant. It's so interesting, isn't that? Without a, a, a definite purpose in a, in a business, it affects, it's, it's hard, isn't it? You can't, I think it used to be, and look, this is the rise of transparency in the world that we're living in. You know, we have windows into people's lives, mm. we have honesty mm. and openness about um, how much money you're making. Mm. You can't bullshit anybody anymore, no. and, and you can smell. I was saying on the, on, you know, when I was driving George um, here, when you hear a radio advert, you hear this bounty voice, buy one for two, and this voice that you hear that's kind of like you don't even hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you hear a podcast, and the reason there's a rise of interest in podcasts is because it's a real conversation. Yeah. And even when you look at things like content being produced, the stuff that's really shiny and well crafted, yeah. you kind of just turn off to it. Now yeah. it's and, and it's not just. I feel like it's not just bullshitting others. It's like yeah. you, we. We almost bullshit bullshitted ourselves. ourselves. Seriously, like we were convincing ourselves all <laughs> yeah. the time. Mm. Like people would tell us, "No, you can't do business like that, lads. You've got to, you've got to play the game. You've yeah. got to, you've got to, you know, don't be honest." And we, in our heads, we were like, "That's not us." Like no, in my yeah. gut, I was no, like, no, "I, no, I don't want to do business like that." But I listened yeah. and kept doing yeah. it the way that other people told mm. me to do. Yeah. So you end up losing yourself yeah. because you're so far away from who you really are. Mm. You've become this. For me, my the way I described my mental health at that point, I was just a shell. Yeah. I was I was mm. hollow because I just I had this front of that was so not me. Mm. I was so far away from the real me that 
I just lost myself. Well, yeah. we, we were both ba- did. Yeah, we were basically taught not to be who we are. Mm. Like, I, I'll never forget, this is such a straight, like, a, a small anecdote, but I remember the first week of the Accelerator, <laughs> since you'll laugh at this, but on my LinkedIn profile, I had that I worked at KFC, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, that's <laughs> funny, right? Yeah, but it's true. But I did. Oh, oh okay. sorry, right? Okay. Oh, no, no, I'm not lying. Sure. Oh, oh, no, no, I worked at KFC, oh, right? Oh, just so, find out the business they launched was KFC. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I was, like, 16, 17, 18, I worked at KFC, whatever, it was on my LinkedIn profile. I was like a team leader there. I remember on the Accelerator program, another entrepreneur on the program went, you need to take that off, mate. Investors mm. won't like that. Wow. wow. And I took it off. Yeah. And it's like, I know that's so small, but like, I worked at fucking KFC. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Stoke. Like, I worked <laughs> yeah. at KFC in Alton Towers. That is who I am. Mm. But I hid that yeah. because I thought, oh, people won't like that. And I know it's like a tiny anecdote, no, but, but it's, it's, that is how we were kind of con- yeah. conditioned and I just and I think that's how a lot of people think about whether not just when they start a business, but when they go into the workplace, think like, okay, I, basically I can't be myself. No. I have to be someone else to fit in, and yeah. it's it's dangerous. Like it, dangerous, it, it yeah. hurts people. Basically, in the end, it, it definitely hurt us. Mm. Um, it's interesting yeah. on the value because I think this goes into values. I don't know if you guys have ever sat in a company. I certainly have where. <laughs> The company come back to you and they present the values of the business, right? And they go, here are our values. We are honest, compassionate, da 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 And you're like, okay. But last week, you're saying you're honest. We had that client and you you pretty much told me to lie. What? So you have the difference. Okay, the difference is there's a huge gap. And the wider the gap between the aspirational values of a business are to the lived values, the the more disengaged humans are to that business. I think you can be the same to yourself. 100%. And that was was where we were at. And that's, that's how I would... I don't, that's, I was depressed because of that. Really? Like, I was so far away from who I really was. I was so low, I couldn't, mm. I couldn't see myself. Yeah. I, I, I lost sight of like who I was. But we didn't know that at the time. No. In hindsight, like, I could you look see back really and you clearly. see yourself, yeah. yeah. At the time, I didn't realize yeah. it. No. What did you do? Because, okay, that's, and thank you again for being really honest. Mm. What did you do now? So you're, you're running, a, you've got employees that are working for you. Yeah. And you are starting to feel symptoms of depression. Mm. What a what steps did you do to, to to diagnose that that was probably what was going on? And b how did you accept it and then move on? I, I didn't. I just <laughs> avoided <laughs> until yeah and yeah. pretend acted like it wasn't there. Mm. Yeah, and we never talked about it no. between us. So our relationship was it was just very surface, wasn't it? Yeah. We never really talked about how we were actually feeling because we didn't. We also didn't have the self awareness to be able to self like sort of. Die, you know, yeah. say to myself, oh, actually, George, you are str- really struggling here. And we couldn't really do that with no. each other. And we didn't have the tools or we didn't have anyone that had role modeled that. So yeah. two young lads trying to talk about their feelings, like we, I'd never really heard anyone talk about No, it doesn't, didn't happen. Ge- genuine, no, no, it didn't genuinely. Really didn't, no. And that sounds crazy, but I honestly don't think I had. Yeah. So how am I supposed to know how to talk about mine? So that was meant that I think, yeah, we just didn't really kind of get there we were probably both feeling exactly the same yeah. and if, if actually one of us had been able to articulate how we felt I think it probably would have given p- permission to the other person to say fuck me too yeah um, and day to day the way that showed up was you'd go you'd have your team meetings with the with our employees and you just put the front on yeah of course time. with investors you'd turn it to our, our board yeah. meetings we would smash because we'd smash them up the was park. X Factor yeah. though. We'd it come in, just, we'd yeah. present, we'd pitch, mm. we'd come out like relieved, like, oh, we did it again, yeah. we did so well there. Yeah. Um, and it probably came out in, in other areas of our life, you oh, know, like... Yeah, so much. In t- both, you know, both of us getting into relationships that weren't really us again because yeah. it was a bit of an escape or... Mm. 
um, living. For, I was. I, I live for the weekends. I had yeah. my own business, and yeah. you're supposed to kind of live for the Monday to Friday. Yeah, but I was course, living yeah, for the. I was living for the weekend. I may as well been working for the man. Yeah. Mm. But the man was myself. Like it was fucked yeah. up. Like An- I'd, I'd like trapped myself. Annalie, um, we had a guest, Annalie, and she spoke about um, business CEOs or business owners, and we forget that they also are going through struggles. And yeah. you look up to your, your, you know, your boss, and you think this this guy that I look up to, he's, he's always he's always happy. He's you know he owns mm. his business. He's got no problems. But you forget that you know you do have core problems, and yeah. you also do struggle with mental health and and other things. Particularly when you've worked yourself into a position that you might kind of not want to be in anymore. Well, yeah. That was exactly the, it. The yeah. really hard thing is you've convinced so many people. Yes. So I convince we convince our parents, like my mum. Yeah. Mum, I'm dropping out. She's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I've convinced my parents that this is the right thing to do. So six months in, I've realised this isn't me. Mm. I was scared to tell them that. Yeah. Yeah, you've, that. These people, have you've hired them, they've joined you because you know what you're doing and they, they believe in you, they trust you. For you to go into a team meeting on Monday and be like, guys, oh, I don't know who I am, I don't know what this business is. <laughs> what, that, you lied to us. That, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was giving you so much money. It's yeah. that, that, was, that fear, yeah. was we were driven by fear. Really, that, was what trapped, that was what trapped me, definitely. The, the shame of having to own up and say to all my mates at uni, made a mistake here, lads, like... Yeah. Mm. This was an absolute shocking decision. Yeah. Like, got it so wrong, and go back to uni. Yeah, like, that to would, uni. no, we did. I didn't because okay. I was scared of going back. Yeah, because that would have felt. I had too much pride. I should have got. We should have gone back. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Should have finished my third year. Actually, got a fucking degree mm. and worked in like the entrepreneur society or something. Yeah. that would have been a much better thing to do. But instead, I was so proud that I wouldn't dare. I was too scared to admit to myself and to others and my friends and my family yeah. and the people who work for us and our investors that we, we'd, we'd made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But ego ego is a powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah, we had too, too much, way too much ego. Yeah. And actually, what that really means is we were, I was, personally, I was too insecure. Yeah. I just was. I, wouldn't, mm. I didn't have the balls <laughs> or the, the, confid- courage, yeah. the courage or the confidence to say, guys... I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm way out of my depth, and we've got this wrong. And again, to be to be fair, though, I suppose now I'm talking it through to kind of <laughs> on the other side. Mm. Also, I think I did think though. I just thought I I just kept hearing all these stories of other entrepreneurs who just like you, you know the Airbnb story. Yeah, right? yeah Like yeah. they sold cereal mm. to kind of. I just thought I always uh, the phrase I always used to say like, "Oh, we can work it out," yeah. as if it was like a complex problem solution that we'd work out so I just had this thing in my head that if you persevere it'll you'll break through in the end that is by the way can I just say that is one of the biggest things perseverance versus purpose because you're kind of like I've got a purpose I've got to persevere I need to carry on going but for some reason that feels like a struggle perseverance when you're connected to your purpose isn't actually as hard no, it's, 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 it's natural yeah. but when, it, when and I guess we'll come on to Sanctus in a minute but when you have something that you're genuinely passionate about yeah. and, and again there's so much conversation around purpose but yeah. quite um, quite relevantly the minute that is there it's just you are working hard but you're doing it very naturally yeah. you're not forcing perseverance so I know that feeling of just I was, I think oh. the, di- the, the difficult thing is I think that really makes sense to me to me now Yeah, but I think back then if I listened to this podcast yeah I don't think I had the life experience for that to really sink in. No. So I think the difficult thing is maybe I still, I'm not sure whether, I was talking about this now, will help my little brother 
see that or whether he just has to go through it and experience it mm. to, to know. I no, exactly. Know. Really no, people, I, 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 I do like, think that. I think know. people, you have to go through your own failures and especially yeah. at that age, I mean like 21, 22, mm. like we're yeah. so, so raw, so you know, yeah. you've got so much more to learn in life mm. and I think once you really have gone through these dark times and stuff, it's only when you really know your true self mm. and there's people who haven't at 30, yeah. you know, and they're still, yeah, yeah. they're still putting it in and putting it out there mm. so yeah so okay let's um how, how did this finish how did this um, match sorry match next step yeah it's had some worse names than that crap chat or worse um well i think the, the 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 thing i remember quite clearly which i wanted to share actually was i, I remember we moved we had kind of like a final last stand almost with the business where we moved down to London and we went out to raise money. And I remember, I don't, I don't know if you remember, we were living in this flat in Shoreditch with this amazing view of London. And um, It was a council flat though. Yeah, it was right, a council, but the view was actually insane. Yeah, so it was, George. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> penthouse pen pen yeah. flat. Penthouse, yeah. No, God, no, it wasn't. It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a council flat, but the view was sick. So it was kind of weird how you could see London and this land of opportunity. And then yeah. we were both... Like, yeah, we were depressed probably if, mm. if I look back, but we had no idea what that meant and we had no awareness of it ourselves. And we were going out to raise money and it was like going out into battle every day. And we were going out and we were just getting slaughtered. Like, mm. you know, we'd go and meet a good a good VC and they would just sit us down, like sit us down or me or George separately down for... 45 minutes and slowly dissect why everything we were doing was absolutely wrong and the hardest thing about it was they were absolutely right mm. so it was just so so painful what was the business you were going to them with now it was with match chat still. Oh, this still yeah still oh, match okay. chat so we kind of pivoted and we'd mm. made this move into like the wider advertising okay. space um to kind of expand out the yeah. opportunity um and we just got absolutely nailed. Mm. And it was fucking tough. It was rough mm. on it. It was mm. rough. Um, and then basically George, George George left before I did. So George, kind of me and George finally got to the point. Um, and, and George was like, look, like, this isn't right. Like, we can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. I can't see it. Um, the only thing I could say was like, this isn't right. I just mm. knew yeah, that was the in my gut. Yeah. Like, I didn't have any other words. I was like, this isn't right. Like mm. this, I don't know what else. If this is business, then I don't think I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is how it is. Mm. And it, I remember we had, it literally like we had, to be fair, we, I think we did really well at that point because that is a hard conversation to have with your best mate. Um, and we, I think we handled it really well considering. Um, but I remember I was having a meeting where I had, it was like a proper, I'll never forget it. It was like JMO had all this legal paperwork and he was like, meet me at this office. You've got to sign this with the lawyers. It was like the social network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where Eduardo gets <laughs> Yeah, he gets absolutely burnt. Yeah, yeah I felt, I, oh. I, didn't, I didn't, but the point is, I didn't care what I signed. I was mm. honestly like, mate, get me out. Take anything. I, I, I remember I got some shares back, but I, I honestly wasn't bothered. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying to me, like, well, how will you feel if. Um, they go on and make millions. Yeah, I was absolutely. honestly like, Dad, not bothered. I'd be so yeah. happy for James, but I'm not bothered. Mm. Wow. Um, and looking back, I can't believe that I didn't really register that signal. No. Like, you know, George leaving someone so clearly not seeing the business. Um, how I didn't register that as a warning sign, I honestly do not know. Um, and then I continued on with the team for like six more months until I eventually woke up to be honest and, mm. and threw in the towel you know for want of a better phrase like just one day just was like 
sitting around the table with those four lads at this point and it's like lads what are we doing hmm. wow. like what honestly are we doing we still had I think we had like 250 grand in the bank at that point um, so we could have carried on and we got some terrible advice to carry on and have a good time genuinely right. um, like, <laughs> just, just what just spend yeah, the money just go, yeah just go and yeah. just try and launch another business yeah. or just live the high life for a bit genuinely yeah. that's what some people really? said oh, yeah, was, yeah. That, was that kid Jeez, hear about, yeah. I can't remember his name but he had like a similar idea to Uber and he was gonna he had this massive plan to take over Uber yeah. and he, I think he raised nearly 25 million yeah. no word of a lie launched it in LA New York all these big cities fucked it yeah. and just ended up spending the money yeah. like literally ended I, up spending the and money and I think as soon as I, I felt I think I've been talking about this recently in, in therapy, but I felt like a fraud, actually. Mm. I felt like a... I honestly felt like a... Yeah, like a... You've seen... I'm sure you've watched bloody the documentary, the fire documentary. Oh, yeah. I Very felt like him. Yeah. I felt like... I, weirdly, when I watched that documentary, I could relate. Like, yeah. I felt like I'd sold these people and I, I'd never lied. No. But, I mean, I'd exaggerate the truth. Of course yeah. I had, because that's what we do. Like, we, we sell a dream and... So I felt like a fraud, and I remember that was that 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 lived with me. That was a real scar that I mm. kind of probably still carry a little bit to this day. Like I felt, yeah, I felt like a bad person. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I felt like a not a criminal, but I felt like I was I was doing something wrong. Yeah, um, you weren't being, and this sounds really cliche, but you literally weren't being true to your own values. Absolutely not. No, 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 I wasn't. Um, so yeah, I made you know made made the decision to shut it down, and that was that was a horrendous process. Mm. Like it's a, it was a lot. I think it was. I think it was in total from when I when I made the decision to say right we're stopping we're liquidating. I think it was it was six it wasn't mm. six months until the final papers came oh, through, wow. which is a long long, process, long yeah. time. It's that like was, a relationship that you've you know you've ended, but you still live still, yeah. you live with her. Yeah, it was yeah, salt yeah, in the wound like yeah. every every day. What were you doing in the meantime? Because obviously I, you'd left. I went away um, and just pretended it didn't happen. Okay. I um, told everyone. People asked me. I just said oh, I worked in a marketing job. I just pretended. <laughs> really? It wow. didn't, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to look at tech. We said TechCrunch. Didn't want to look at TechCrunch. Yeah. Didn't want to. I just wanted to be just a mm. nobody. For, you were feeding for a long the chickens, time. weren't you? In I worked on New a farm. Yeah. Oh, right. when, so you were yeah. killing them. Yeah, it was. And I remember coming back, and I was really worried about you when I came back because. I'd, I mean, I hadn't processed it. It's not the right, it's probably not the right thing to do. Like getting away is probably a good thing, but yeah. then not actually acknowledging. I've only just, I swear, like in the last couple of years, processed what happened. Yeah. Um, but I remember coming back and seeing you were in a bad way, mate. You were, you were so, so stressed. And yeah, it was worrying because I'd mm. been so out of it when I came back and saw, we had, I remember us having this chat yeah, in, yeah. in the council flat. Jen was all over the place. I was like, mate, what's going on? And then you just opened up, and then yeah, from that well, point, that's when it started to yeah, we, we close it down. Yeah. And but you still, yeah, like you say, it was a good year, and also of you still being in a bad way, which led to what we're doing now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. that was a um, rough year for me. Yeah, big it was. Time. It that was, was hot. It was horrible. Mm. It was. Yeah. It was like it was grief. Uh, the, the only way I could describe it now, looking back, is it's like grief. Mm. Because it was a part of for both of us, and we both dealt with it in different ways. Because it's, uh, I read this thing once in this in this book about therapy called Love's Executioner. Great book if anyone's interested in therapy. Um, and they talk about this in grief. They talk about this thing called project loss. So when you've got something in your life, it's your baby, yeah, mm. that you that you can see the future of mm. that you've. When you lose it, you've lost. You haven't just lost something in your life. You've lost your future as well. So when a well, you know when a grandparent yeah. passes away, you've mm. lost an object. You've lost a 
really important part of your life. Mm. Um, but it was an object in your life that was maybe hadn't assigned a future to it. And uh, that's what that's what shutting down the business mm-hmm. was. It was project it was project loss. It was a loss sure. of my identity and and what my future could be. So I I was completely empty, mm. like I was like cavernous. Because I just, I had no, I'd lost myself mm. in pursuit of this project, let's call it. And then when it was gone, I was like, I was just empty. Just, yeah. Like, like what? What? Like, what? like uh, black hole, yeah, nothing, like literally nothing. And uh. that, that is, yeah, that is the only way I would describe it. Mm. And it was, it was, br- it was brutal. Um, and my response to that was, Pretty much the same as George's. I didn't. I didn't go to feed the chickens in uh, New Zealand, but I ran off to Bali for a month. Yeah. I think you need that. You need a bit of escapism. You need to get. Well, yeah. out, get I, out I, of... I just looking back, I don't know what else I would have done. No. I knew nothing this, else, didn't you? Because I recently you said um, you came back from South Africa. Mm, we want to yeah. And there, there is this kind of little debate Ooh. around the benefits to running away and just being like, I'm not fucking doing this right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll come back with a better with a better mindset and a tan. Do you think? Do you think it was worth it, or do you, or do you regret not just dealing with it there and then? I just don't know what else I would have. So on reflection, I I had no other choice. I just think getting away was the only option I knew. And on reflection, I mean, it's easy to say this now. I wish, like, I never once I shut down the business and I went and li- went home. So I was back in Stoke, you know, family home, and I was ra- around my mum and dad. And my mum and dad knew I wasn't right. Like I was proper, like. In the nothingness, the mm. thing that came to the surface was anxiety, like my palms sweating, heart pounding, short of breath. I felt like there was something wrong with my heart. I remember mm. I was like, oh, I got some sort of physical problem because that's where my mind just straight yeah. away went to. And I told my mum about it. She, I remember she's a nurse. She remember she checked my pulse. She was like, you're absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, I don't feel it. And I just wish I'd have, I wish I'd have just said to my mum and dad, like, I feel, I feel really sad. Something as simple as that, mm. you know, I feel gutted that, that we've had to shut it down and I, d- mm-hmm. and, I d- and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now and I'm really scared because that was the truth but I didn't say that at all um, and that's not, you know, I think my mum and dad feel, my mum especially feels bad about that that mm. I didn't say that to her and she thinks it's her fault. It's not just I didn't have the wherewithal to say it. Mm. So on reflection, yeah, I wish I'd have kind of been around my yeah, friends and yeah. been yeah, really yeah. honest and open with them but... You know, it's part it, of life. Yeah, it? at the time so. it was, well, what do you do at this point? Exactly, you go yeah. to Bali and, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and get on a motorbike. I've definitely done that twice, actually. Post-breakup, yeah. both times, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, Project Lost. You're sad about the past and you're scared about the future. Um, you're, you're um, sorry, I'm pointing at you. Um, <laughs> sorry, George, you are, you're, I guess, moving, moved on from the lost feeling and are probably, um, in terms of morale, a lot higher than where, than where James is at the moment. Yeah. How how did Sanctus then get born out of this? Mm. I, yeah, I, I do it. I lost all my confidence. Like talking about, I think I was excited to come and meet you guys today because before um, the business, I played football all my life. Yeah, um, played for Derby County. I was in the academy. Nice. I was I was close to being signed, but yeah. really wasn't good enough. Mm. And so then I was. That was a failure. Then did business. That was a failure. Yeah. And genuinely for that period, I was just like, I just I was always known as being like confident and optimistic and, and I just lost it. Um, just gone. Mm. Um, so there was a period basically where I I where I was really low and I didn't really know how to build it back. And so like me and James after match chat, we both went our separate ways. And then we just didn't really we needed that space to just I think just to find ourselves again, like find my confidence again. Mm. 
because we were always known as George and James. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. there was no room for like who is George and who is James. Yeah. And I think in that time, yeah, just I did lots of things. The gym, actually going to the gym, like I remember looking back, giving myself a routine of just working out every day. Mm. But so weirdly, just built my confidence back. Mm. Just having some something tangible that I could see in progress yeah. helped me build my confidence back. And then from the, actually that process, then I then somehow suddenly got a job. Um, working for the invest, this is so weird. The investment company, the accelerator that invested us in the, fir- in the first no, place. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Full circle, and and then and then for you, James, like the one of the investors that always backed us it was mm. a great guy, Doug. Um, never actually invested because they'd always say to us, "You two are great, but I don't like the business." He <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely bang on. Yeah. Yeah. Them, right? <laughs> the, the minute JMO was was. Um, you know, free on the market, yeah. free agent. Free agent. Doug, yeah. Doug signed James as well. So yeah. I think that gave me confidence that the people Same. that, yeah, yeah. you know, okay. knew us, although our business failed, wanted us, like both believed in us. Yeah. Ignite, yeah. Tristan. That's powerful. The CEO, yeah. Ignite, yeah. if he's listening, like absolute legend and Doug as well. Yeah. And I think that period then allowed us to kind of rebuild and, cool. and find ourselves yeah. again. And then, yeah, I suppose you then were able to talk about where you were at. Mm. Yeah. Uh, through I, I your mean, blog. Yeah, and, I, I definitely got a, confidence boost from getting getting this job of course because I never had a job before yeah. so it was nice to have a job and I was treated with incredible respect by Doug like he kind of just let let me explore and I had a very unique job I was I was he was an he's an active angel investor so yeah. I was managing a syndicate of angel investors and doing like investing into startups so wow, okay. weirdly both me and George had kind of gone on the other side of the table yeah, yeah. As, as it were <laughs> Um, we were we, we never called ourselves investors because no. that would have been a lie. Just but dragons or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we were trying to. Yeah, we tried both trying to help startups. We yeah. kind of. I think we both. I, I'm maybe speaking for you now, but I think I certainly had this thing of like I really want to impart what I've learned on people. I don't want people to go down the route no, amazing, that yeah. I've gone down. So that was. I must admit, I didn't get as much kind of like solace from that mm. as I thought I would. Um, and that was when in that job though. That was when my mental health got got hit big time that's when everything I'd kind of avoided for three years that's when it really surfaced because I I was I had the space for it to surface do you know what I mean mm. like when I was running the business before yeah. I was putting on such a front yeah. that the feelings mm. <laughs> I'd nowhere to go yet when I was in this job I was probably in a bit more of a space where my mental health was like you're gonna fucking feel this now yeah, yeah, <laughs> whether you like it or not mm. so I was I was stricken with anxiety I, I would say um, for about for about six months so I had this new job and I was trying to figure that out and the, obviously I was still doing the liquidation process and stuff um, so that's when my mental health was really hit um, and I and I had the kind of yeah the the problem I think a lot of people go through of living in London you know moving back down to London again and shared flats and yeah, not really yeah, having course, a home space and, and yeah I didn't really feel secure mm. at all I had no security I was spending money like you you know there was no tomorrow mm. going out every weekend Friday, Saturday Sunday sometimes mm. um, drinking a lot um, yeah so that was and that was what I was doing to avoid what I was feeling Monday yeah, to Friday course, which yeah, was yeah. which was anxiety and panic attacks um, so and that then, actual panic attacks. Yes, yeah, that's where it got to. Yeah, that's where it got to. And I had no idea what they were. No, I just, I'd have one, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. Because they say you feel like you're. Because no one's ever died from panic attack, but they yeah. say it literally feels like you're about it to die. It was so frightening. So, I, I, I'll never forget the first one I had, which was going down to. I'd had a full day of work of meeting people in this coffee shop. It was like meeting a few angel investors, meeting startups, classic kind of like 
Shoreditch, like about, I swear I had about seven flat whites. Do you know what I mean? Just like bang, bang, like. Uh, couldn't have helped. Just, yeah, just literally like, I don't know what I was talking about. Yeah. And then I'd not had a break all day and just went down into Old Street Tube Station and yeah, just, just something uh, erupted in me. Wow. And I was going down and I was like, breathing, breathing, breathing. And I just thought, I need to fucking get out of here faster mm. or else I'm going to, I remember though, this is how crazy, I actually, I've not thought about this. The thing that was going on in my mind actually was, I can't let people see me like this. Really? So even though I was feeling that bad, the, my biggest fear was letting any random, I didn't want to like have to sit down on a bench yeah, in a yeah. platform. Someone's come over. Breathe you're right. I didn't want someone to come over yeah. and be like, oh, you're right. Yeah. So I didn't want that. So I was like, I need to get out of here fast so no one sees me. Um, and then I just, and then actually the mad thing is I jumped in an Uber and went to a comedy night and <laughs> met my mate who was like, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, mate. You know that that was how it, that was how I did it. And uh, actually, weirdly, the only the first place I turned in another twist of fate is I started writing in a journal which George bought me, which is just like mm, a mad, amazing. yeah, yeah, which is a mad. That was the first place I opened mm. up, really. Mm. And then that was the as soon as I started writing in that journal, that was this process of me starting to be more open about how I was feeling and my mental yeah. health and admitting it to myself and accepting it to myself. And then I kind of. Over the course of about six months, um, obviously did speak to some people, friends and stuff, face to face. But I got myself to the point where I actually ended up kind of coming out on this this blog post that I wrote called. Would you Health Would you Startups. recommend sort of the journal as sort of the first step to sort of self self realization? It was self- big. It was big for me. Mm. Definitely, it's, it's played a really big part in my mental health. But I would I think, say. I think for you, you've always enjoyed writing. Yeah, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. Yeah. Yeah. So, really yeah. 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 so Just, it was it was definitely big for me. Yeah. And that, that blog again. Sorry, what's it? It's called Mental, mental Health and Startups. Yeah. yeah, I wrote that was three years ago now. So it was February 2016. And again, you know, weirdly. Oh, me and George were together when I published that like I'd written it Amazing. and George was one of the first people to read it and I remember I was in Manchester and George was like mate that's gonna mm. that's gonna go if you if you publish that so, and, so and I it think did. one of the just on this really quickly I think one of the most amazing things that you guys clearly demonstrate you know we're saying about demonstrative values and live values is your openness your mm. you know on, on LinkedIn you, I mean, even the write-up around how you got funding for yeah. the recent round of funding for, for some is amazing really like that, that. that level of transparency I think you can you can see you can see that that's learned. You know, you can yeah, see that you guys yeah. know that putting a mask on in any part of the business, whether it's your mental health, yeah. the financials, what you're feeling, what you're expecting out of the, you know the world, you've been really honest about that, and you, you can tell that's like I never want to ever have to lie again. <laughs> it actually is. That's and obviously is. where it comes from. Really, it's is that because I, I read it and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm learning as well. I was reading. Yeah. You know, I don't know much around getting investment. Um, I've always been fortunate enough to have someone that knows much more than I do. Hmm. But it seems like even just the fact that you're so open about what you've got and where it's going to take you and what you're going to do with that is is unbelievable. How is there any other steps in you know because journaling's great, speaking to family and friends is brilliant especially for the first time. Hmm. Did you at this point invest in a coach or uh, a therapist? I didn't know. Um I think I suppose for me I suppose this is why Sanctus is is always meant so much to me because it was kind of I had no idea what to do with my mental health. I like completely clueless. Um, even when I wrote that blog post, to be honest, that log that blog post was a was a cry for help in in many ways. Mm. It, it was very cathartic for me to write it, and it helped a lot of other people because it gave started to give other people permission to be like, "Oh shit, me too," mm. basically. But I wrote that because I had no idea where to go. I'd, um, I'd spoken on the phone to a few coaches and a few therapists, and. I didn't understand what on earth they did 
it to be it to be tr- yeah. you know to just be straight up like I didn't understand the difference between a coach and a therapist. Mm. Um, I didn't like that the way money was handled. I think that was always a difficult one in your mental health because yeah. I'm feeling horrendous. Yeah. I'm spending a fucking shitload yeah. on crap yeah. at the weekend. So I didn't have much money, mm. but that's part of my problem. That's my fault. So then the thought of spending £60 for an hour mm. on something, that doesn't that didn't compute for me at that no. Like I was like, how am I going to afford that? Yeah. Of course I could have afforded it. I could have stopped bloody going to Infernos in Clapham on Saturday night. Yeah, Jesus, you yeah. Know, that's, that, that's where you feel. That, 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 that was where my money was going. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, it's literally like 10 minutes from my house. So yeah. It is scum. <laughs> so that would have been quite easy for me to, yeah. to make yeah. the money, but obviously I was, in a, you know, I was in a confusing place. So I was very confused by this world of mental health. I just didn't get it at all. Um, so really, the first place I worked on my mental health was at Sanctus wow. in the in the first product we created. Mm. Like the first product we created was a, a thing called Sanctus Groups. So I met this uh, coach called Cheyenne, who had a background in therapy and coaching. I still didn't really get what he did, to be honest. But I thought he's a bit of a dude. Like I like him. Mm. I can connect to him. Yeah. Like on a human level, and I didn't feel judged by him. I think with a lot of practitioners I, I spoke to I felt judged by them yeah. felt like they wanted to fix me Tony said like, this last week didn't he I yeah. was like I don't need fixing I, I know I don't somewhere I don't know how I just knew like I know I just knew I was just a guy struggling and I just needed something to figure it out and that's what Cheyenne and the first Sanctus Spaces gave me just a space so we did these groups and, and that's so the first thing I ever did for my mental health was journaling but then it was essentially jumping straight into what I would describe as group therapy, to be honest. That's what Sanctus Mm. groups were. And Mm. I did one of those a week for about six months. Mm. And that, yeah, that was big. And then I did get a coach, um, a one-on-one coach. um, And then, you know, I'm in therapy now, but that's that's a few years on. So, Mm. yeah, they were the first things I did. The group space was big. The one-on-one coaching was massive. Um, I remember going into one-on-one coaching basically with this question of who am I? Right. (laughs) And and that's what I worked on with the coach, just Mm. trying to start to figure out like what I value and getting a sense of who I am. Yeah. Um, and and that was it really. So I've I've I was the guinea pig for Sanctus's product. Amazing. Pretty much. Like yeah. I was the one to use it. And then as I started using it, I could then talk about it more online. So I could talk about the benefits of coaching. I could start to say stuff like how great it is to have even saying the word space, like, you know, mm. a space for your mental health. I could yeah. say that honestly because I'd been using it yeah. and then that's what attracted essentially Sanctuses in the early days kind of first customers and that, that's what attracted me yeah. Yeah. yeah so James was having this is the honest truth when JMO was calling me saying that he's just had an anxiety attack I was scared of that and didn't really want to associate myself with that though so although he's my best mate I was there for him but I didn't want to go anywhere near it I thought it was like contagious yeah, yeah. so I was kept myself away from it but I was always there for him um, but I, yeah, it, it, I did keep my distance, I suppose. But then when James started almost coming out, like basically saying, mate, this thing, this coaching thing I'm doing is good. Mm. And then I started to see him like improve and come out, yeah, change. And it was inspiring for me. And it became like aspirational. And that's when I was like, I want a bit of that. It was yeah. like somebody that's been to the gym for like, yeah. three you look at him in the mirror, yeah. Like, oh, they're looking really yeah. healthy and fit. And yeah. I'm like, what are you doing that I'm not? Yeah. And that's genuinely, yeah. as we went through that process and we were talking and talking, 
I was like, wow, like I want to try that. And then I started to talk about it, try it. And then, yeah, it just felt, it got to a point because where. I love your comparison. Because I mean, that is the thing. You guys are, you're coined for saying you want to be the first to put a mental health gym on the high street, which <laughs> yeah. I think is fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? And it is, you know, it should be that we view mental health as much as we do as, as physical health. What was the penny drop moment? Because it sounds like you kind of moved into this and it's yeah. becoming a thing that you're about to launch. When did you go, this is a business? Uh, where, I, I, just well, remember, I just remember James did not try to start a business. You yeah. know, the first time, all we wanted was a business. Yeah. This time, was JMO was just trying to help himself. You were literally just doing what you could to look after yourself and, and understand who you are. You just, that's all you, yeah. you're on this mission to find out who you were. And it just so happened that thousands of other people were like, in the same I'm room. in the same place. Yeah. Keep talking yeah. about this for me. <laughs> and so for, for months, JMO was, you know, meeting therapists, meeting coaches, doing coaching himself, doing the group therapy himself, writing. You, you created Facebook groups to bring people together. You created a, a WhatsApp list to bring people together. <laughs> I did it, a lot. Of you, James Random did loads stuff. of things, yeah, yeah. mainly for himself. Yeah. And, and also then you started to want to help others. Yeah. And yeah, and then naturally that attracted, you know, businesses who also were interested in, um, I suppose, bringing a bit of Sanctus and the gym to the office. Of course. And I suppose, and there was a point where all it was was James and his blog and it was mental health in startups. I remember saying to him, mate, like, I, wanna, I want something that I can, I want to associate myself to. I want a name, I want a brand, I want something that, yeah, that I feel connected yeah. to. Yeah. I don't feel connected to a blog just yet. No, yeah. And then, and then, sort of in the next few weeks or month or so, James sort of like had you know came came with the brand and and the, the idea for the name and the mission. And then from there, that's when I really saw it. That's when yeah. we, I think we yeah. both saw it. Um, it was, and there were that, I think when when as soon as you had the name, I feel like that's when a penny dropped for me. Yeah. Because um, I could just see it then. I could visualize a high street brand. Cool. I could yeah. visualize Sanctus yeah. on the front of a of a building in yeah. 10 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I could see how that could bring people together. So that I, was the idea. Where was the name from? Sorry, is that Sanctuary Us? In yeah, a sanctuary? it was... It means uh, pure, does it? it pure? Yeah, it's... Yeah, the, well, I... the My thinking was, as I was kind of like thinking about the brand, I kind of... Everything, again, I'd learned, I thought, I need to think about the purpose, what's the why, um, what's the mission, and then go from there. And I think I'd always... It's funny, again, because it comes back to... it. Probably, again, it comes back to mine and George's relationship and our friendship, because we'd always looked up to people that we would describe as pure. Mm. And I think what we meant by that was people who were really authentic, yes. even if they're a bit of a dick. Yeah. Mm. You know, but if someone's just, just themselves, you're like... Yeah, he's, at like, least he's being himself. This is such yeah. a, this is yeah, such a random example, Dan Bilzerian. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... Morally, don't agree with him, but he's pure. Yeah. He's, he's just, just living his life. Isn't he is he? who he is. Yeah. So I think. So I type basically, and, I and then the honest truth is, I would always like Latin words. So I just type pure I'll into Google Translate. What tattoo should I get yeah. next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's and, probably coloured himself in yeah. Latin. Yeah, and then turned it. In, and then it turned out that the word sanctus had a deeper meaning. Uh. Sanctuary. You know, safe space, and yeah. as soon as I saw Sanctuary Safe Space, I was like, That's "Well, it. well, that is literally it." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then I designed the orb and, and everything that went with it. Um, I think one thing that is important to mention, though, before that, in terms of being given confidence, self belief, when I first started to work on Sanctus in my spare time, I still had this job, and like George said, I was creating all this random stuff just to see what worked and what didn't. Mm. I had this WhatsApp list mm. that I would broadcast to people and loads of random stuff, and. Um, an investor and a and a mate that I'd know, that me and George had known previously. Mm. I mean, to cut a kind of not even a long story short, in the space of th three weeks, 
sent me £10,000 over breakfast on his phone for me to quit my job and go and work on Sanctus full-time. Wow, amazing. And then I went to my boss and said, Doug, Mills has just given me 10 grand to work on Sanctus and do something in mental health, and I'm going to do it. This is my vision. I just mm. had this gym on the high street thing. And Doug went, I'll do the same. So then suddenly, from nothing, from being massively lacking in confidence, mm. being knocked, I had, um, yeah, I had, you know, George, who was like, this is cool, mm. and kind of supporting me from the sidelines at mm. that point. Yeah. And then I had two people that were like, really believed in you. go and do it. And, and those two, I honestly believe, if I'd have just decided to use that 20 grand to train as a therapist, they would have been happy with that. Mm. There was no, there was no terms. There was n- there was nothing. So no that company, nothing. Nothing. Oh, it wasn't like and we're going to. No, they, they sent it to me personally. Oh, wow. Gave Mills sent. Can I, I have his number? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> I had, t- I had twenty grand in my personal bank account. What? I don't know. I mean, don't tell the tax man. I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> you can, I still don't know. You can if edit you this. Can do that. Can... Yeah. Um, so that was that was huge. That's that amazing. Was huge so these guys just out of the kindness of their heart and their passion, well, they're buying to you. Their as a belief person. in me, yeah. yeah. That, and that was it was that was huge for me. And then Jeez. I just had the license, the the money to to kind of have a year pretty much of runway to to buy some Sanctus t-shirts. Um, <laughs> you look great, and, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to to just ex, to experiment. And, and, and you were obsessed. Like you, we talked about being obsessed with the last business, but this was a pure obsession. Uh, but it was, yeah. you know, a great, for me, it was great to see. It was yeah. like, no, you know, you talk about perseverance and purpose. Yeah. This yeah. felt, the energy came from a different place. Yeah, Rather of than course. Fear and insecurity. Yeah. This no, was I love yeah. I, I could was, see yeah. it was his true meaning and yeah. purpose. It was and then, the thing that's rebuilt you and given you purpose back in your 100%. own life. And then, and then as, as businesses started to get in touch and I was like, okay, we could create this safe space in the workplace. I'd met these cool coaches that I liked their style and the, their way of working. And we, I started to kind of be this middleman of placing the coach in the workplace. And I, I remember, and at this point, George always laughs like I was all over the place, just like frenetic. <laughs> and I'd call George. I remember when I got my first customer or our first customer, they felt like my first customer back then. But um, you didn't even call it a customer. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. He, he was telling me on the phone like, oh, this, you know, Jonathan, this guy who runs this small recruitment business. He wants to pay me. I was like, what? And I was, <laughs> I was like, how much? He's like, five, I think it's five hundred quid. I was like, all right, cool. Does he want? Does he want to pay you again? Yeah, like, yeah I think so. <laughs> when I came off the call, like, what? Like, well, so Jonathan Hall at Cranberry Panda, which are a small oh, recruitment yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, they've been a what Sanctus's longest customer. Nice. I met Jonathan Hall, and I. And I got the meeting wrong. Mm. I thought his name was like Derek or something. Oh, so I wow. meet him. He's like Jonathan, and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it took me like fifteen minutes, and then, and then I, and then like, and then literally he was like, "Well, we'd love to try it," and I was like, "Try what?" Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, "How much is it?" And I just went, 500 500 quid." <laughs> and then he was like, "Can you start next week?" I went, "Yeah." And that that was it. Wow. And then the next person I met, uh, what was his name from User Replay Business? I don't mm. think they exist anymore. I was just like, same thing again. Me just clueless, and I just went. 700 quid <laughs> I was just like okay yeah. and then by the end of the the year just before Join joined on I think we had I, we had five customers yeah amazing um, and amazing. then and then that and then we you know we managed to raise our first little bit of angel money to, to kind of support bringing George on um, and then that was yeah then at that point it felt kind of it felt like a 
real. It was it still felt very real, early, yeah. but it, yeah, it, it was real. it felt real. So you know? now, now yeah. you're at the point where you're like, we've somehow birthed the business out of passion uh, by yes. accident, almost. Yeah. It, it, and uh, birthed is a good word. Yeah. yeah, no, I did, it did feel like. That. Yeah, yeah. I always joke that that nine months was like a pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing like raising because obviously you so you raised an investment again, right? Or you had to raise investment again to sort of kickstart. So, uh, but that was a whole different feeling to when you raised investment before. It was, I was. It was. It was completely different. Yeah. It couldn't have been more different. It yeah. was like. Again, the first, our first our first check, Damien Lane, yeah. at twenty five grand. I I don't think I asked. Yeah, I didn't ask. No. I just went. I'd written this newsletter about something. He emailed me, being like, "This is cool. What are you up to? Let's meet for a Wagamama's." Went for a Wagamama's. Told him about what I was doing. I was like, "I think we might need to raise money or something." But I don't know how to do that. I don't because I don't want to sell the business. We don't really want to sell the business. Sure. We don't want to go on this crazy, insane, hyper growth curve because we don't I, I don't think that'd be healthy for a business like ours and he literally just went well if you need a bit of money I'll, I'd go for it and I was like and I remember calling George again I was like mate I think I've just got our first angel. I think I've just got our first angel. Yeah. Like, are you are you a gigolo in your? Yeah, I was, yeah. Like, oh, I was like, it was so it was yeah. so organic, yeah. but so pure, yeah, yeah, yeah genuinely. So yeah. it was the it was like hap- it was the kind of thing that you hear about that I never knew happened. Mm, yeah. What we'd been searching for for five years yeah. <laughs> was happening to us. Amazing, and it does happen if you if you're doing something that's connected to who you are. Oh, I really believe in that. Investors do offer you money. Yeah. VCs do reach out. You do get to profitability. These things actually happen, yeah. but mm. almost like not if you search for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was happening to us and it was, yeah, it was special. And what, and what you guys have done, you reported, um, just to give some numbers, I think mm. £1 million worth of revenue, which isn't a small feat at all. Um, in, in how many years? Three years of being around now? This yeah. is our third. So we're, we're in year, year three, which is exciting. Yeah. I, I've, I want to come on to this. I know you guys haven't got too long. Yeah. You're very busy with um, turning around millions of revenue, mm. but you've now is the time where I guess growing pains will happen within any company. Despite how pure your purpose is, yeah. and despite how much of a clear mission you're on, you're going to have naysayers. You're going to have people on LinkedIn. It's a, it's becoming a very happy place for trolls. I've realised, <laughs> yeah, even with myself, yeah, yeah. I find I write I write my. My ethos is always write to the smallest viable audience, right? Very Seth Godin style mm-hmm. of, of writing. And even then, when I'm saying the most clear, nice thing, mm. there's always a bellend. It's just like, <laughs> how can you say that? You know, I'll be like, killing animals is really bad. What about dying children? <laughs> like, there's always that kind of, there's someone that wants to sort of, you know, pull you down for something. How are you dealing with this? Because I know that there's been stigma around making money out of um, mm. mental health mm. because it is a new thing everyone's talking around and because there are calm mind and a charity that are clear charities yeah. yeah how do you guys combat that and what do you say when guys are like what do you do about this money thing uh, yeah it's, it's good i think we've been always we've always been really conscious of this i think i think business as a phrase as or as a thing is seen as a bad thing you know when you think of wolf on wall street yeah, gordon gecko yeah just that word business greed power and Money. there's the assumption that if you're yeah. a business, you will take that profit for for, for bad reasons and yeah, for greed. And that's just the perception of business. That's just how it's been. And that's because certain businesses over the years have abused that and have then given the word business a bad name. The way we see business, and I always have, I remember doing our application video for the, for the Accelerator. It's embarrassing because we're so young. But the way I talked about business back then, it's so weird listening back. I was just like... Business is amazing. You can create something out of nothing. You can bring people together to, to build something that has impact in the world. I literally said all these things back then. Mm. And that's just how I've always seen it. And yeah. I, I think what is so what is 
wrong about um, creating something that adds value and makes an impact and then using that money that people have paid because it's valuable to them to reinvest it and do more. And I think in the early days, when you think back to how you wanted to change the perception of mental health, and we, we are constantly going to be on that mission, somebody paying for a Sanctus session in the same way that they pay for a yoga session mm. shows that they value working on their mental health and it's as normal as work is going to the gym. So mm. the actual, it's a really important part of our of who we are, that people value their mental health. And one way of valuing your mental health is paying for it to work on it. And that's just how we've always seen it. Rather than it being a charity thing where yeah. we rate, we spend all of our time raising donation and then you come to a charity group. I think there's there's one part of the, the industry and market for that. But I think we just felt that to change the perception of mental health, there needs to be a brand and a business mm. like the Nike or Adidas of, of mental health and fitness that needs to exist to be able to do that. Amazing. And so... That's just how we've always seen it. And we know that people still see business as, as, as that thing that I talked about. But I think we just have to prove it in our actions. Yeah. The people that know me and James know that we, like, we're not driving a Lamborghini. Like, we're never go Like, if I buy a Lamborghini one day in 20 years because yeah. Sanctus is so big, I'll be really honest about that. Yeah, of course. Also, yeah. Um, like, do what you fucking want with the money. At the end of the day, mm. they're a company... McDonald's sells burgers to fat children, right? <laughs> yeah. People are making money out of much more horrible yeah. things. Yeah, and they're, course, and they're exactly. they're I think in our, in our space, it is so important because if we are, mm. and, and they, these people already exist in the mental health industry where you know there's a six-week course to work on your mental health and sure. it's not safe sometimes. No. And I think that, yes, it, I think in our space, if there is, if we weren't pure, it would be dangerous. No, so I course. think the reason that people use us and, and speak up against us is because there is a lack of safety and a lack of trust in the mental health industry mm. and because we are so vocal I think people use us to, to they, they want to know that we're pure I think the biggest thing when you hear people join the team at Sanctus um, is they hear they they sort of see us from the outside and when they come in for an interview they're so worried that they'll meet me and James and be like oh god they do drive Lamborghinis and they don't <laughs> care yeah, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. scared now, because it's the, when when James thinks of the position you were in, that's what you yeah. were having to face back it, in the it, day. There's I think a lot trust, of cowboys. I think it's trust. Yeah, I think trust is a massive part of it because if people even even have an inkling mm. that Sanctus, and if you know maybe you come across Sanctus your first ever time on LinkedIn, or you come across me, of course you might judge. You might be yeah, like, oh, just in it for the money, or mm. that's another business that started up in a space because it's going to be lucrative. So I think, and and if you get that sense, then you're not going to trust that brand with what is priceless to you. It's your feelings. It's mm. priceless. You can't put a price on that. To give that to someone is, you know, is the kind of your is a is a is a privilege for us as a brand to have. You know, we've got what about eight hundred people a month who use Sanctus in their workplace. People are giving us something that is priceless. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's their deepest fears or vulnerabilities or insecurities. And if you have an inkling that you can't trust that space or that brand with that because they're just in it for the money, then you're not going to do that and mm. you're not going to step, you're not going to walk through the door or you're not going to click follow or or whatever. Mm. So I think it's it's about trust and yeah, and I think it'll just take time. I think it'll just take time. And I think I, I can only say again what George said, I think it's so needed because... Mm. Whilst charities have done an amazing work in awareness. in raising awareness in this industry, I think for the industry to kind of grow and evolve, mental health essentially has to 
go from being a charity case to a business case. Because if it's just a charity case, that affects everything. It affects how the messaging of it. Like at the end of the day, I feel like I'm putting my neck on the line saying this, but Mm. at the end of the day, one of the main reasons the brand and the marketing of mental health is the way it is, is because charities have to position themselves to get people to donate. So if you want people to donate, you tell really sad stories. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. Of people with their head in their hands and on a, crying on a staircase. Yeah. Because that's what gets donations. Yet, if you're a brand like Sanctus and you want people to buy... You don't tell those stories. No, no. You tell you brand it in a different way, exactly. and I think that's what the industry needs. That is, can I say thank you for that? Because what you what you're saying there, and there's an underlying mission, and it goes back to the mental fitness. When you see your friend going to the gym, pure gym, fitness first, virgin gyms, whatever, don't show you a really obese person rolling around in the staircase. No. Being like, I wish I could go to the gym. Mm. They show you really fit human beings that are living their lives and yeah. they're really happy. Yeah. What you're doing for mental health as an awareness piece is that is that this is self actualization and improvement yeah. and it's not just for really sad people it's for people that I want to prove as well exactly. it's for both sides so yeah, it's for all of us that's yeah. Yeah. Everyone, for everyone. it is everyone yeah. literally yeah, yeah. That, guys that, firstly Amazing. thank you we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we've got about two or three more minutes where we want to ask you some of our stock questions yeah. I do fire have a question away. Yeah. fire away okay, one, one of the questions is and I always ask this is around um, you can either see it as what would you ask yourself back when you were 21 or if you have a room full of 21 year old people mm. and you've got a megaphone or two megaphones to both of you um, what would you say to those people? I, mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you yeah, I actually was. Actually, yeah. I, I, wanted, I was thinking about doing like a post on this or something because I was thinking what what would I say to, to myself and George yeah. five years ago or yeah. when we were 21? I was thinking like, what? Because I sometimes think like I've started doing these videos on LinkedIn and I sometimes watch them back and I think, God, five years ago I would have thought, what a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I do, like I honestly do. I, I, yeah. So um, I was thinking like how can I try and kind of connect back to how I felt that in that time. Um, and I think the thing I would say, and I, I don't know how, if you say this, if people would, it will land with people, but I think I just grew up with this belief that to be successful, and whatever that meant, I had to be some something I'm not. And actually, the more I kind of go down this path, I realised that success is, is just being who you are, in my, in my opinion, and... I think if I could, if I could honestly, like, if I had a magic wand and I could just like cast a spell on the yeah. world, it would be that. It would be that we all strive for authenticity Amazing. as opposed to striving for some, something else. And I think wow. if, yeah, if if I could say anything to to myself five years ago, I'd say, James, y- you are good enough as you are. Like, don't try and be anyone else. Yeah. If anything, get to know yourself. That's, I think that's what I would. That's I've come, I've been asked that question a few times. I've always said something yeah. rubbish, but that's no, the mate, closest that's thing. The I, love that's the closest thing I've ever said. That keep, I'm keep KFC in your LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what? I might put it back on actually. And yeah. what I'd, I feel like I feel exactly the same way. But to add to it, I think as well, I say to my my little brother. I mean, he's not so young anymore. He's he's twenty one, twenty two. Um, it takes a long. It can take a long time to figure that out. Mm. It, like, like monks have sat at the top of mountains trying to un- like really get to the mm-hmm. bottom of who they are for 40, 50 years. Yeah. So, you know, we're always, we're encouraged to do what we love, find your passion, yeah. understand who you are. You don't figure that out at 20. No, no, of course <laughs> not. No. It, t- it could take 10 years. We're, we're lucky because yeah. we've been through some stuff, but yeah. in 10 years, I'll look back and be like, I didn't know who I was back then. Yeah, yeah, so just be patient with that and yeah. trust what James James said because it's true. That. No, amazing. So let's get to know yourself, have self-awareness, but be patient around that. That's really, love that. Take, take your 
time. The best ones. Oh, no, I'm not allowed to say that. What? Every time someone says that, I say that's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean this one. I trust you. Yeah. Right. Should, we, um, should we go to question time for, yes. for, our, yeah, for yeah, our listeners? Yeah, quick fire. Yeah, yeah very quick. Well, let's just do two, two, two questions. Uh, do as many as you can. I'll, yeah. I'll push back. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, sure. One of them is fucking deep, man. Okay. Um, right, here we go. <laughs> Put your armbands on. Uh, go, go. Okay, so one of them is, how do you measure your success um, so you can tell your investor their ROI? Like, what would you, in your in your type of business, what would, what would that look mm. to you guys? We all, we've all, I remember, we've always said to our investors that, um, that this is like any, it's like any other business, basically. Like, we've always talked about a global ambition to kind of transform mental health, the mental health industry in the same way that, you know, Amazon have transformed shopping or yeah. Apple transformed personal computing or Uber did taxis and logistics. Like we, that's how we see Sanctus and mental health in terms of completely innovating the entire industry really. Mm. Um, so in terms of am- ambition and scale, humongous really. Amazing. I think what we've always said though, is that the trajectory that we're going on isn't going to be the classic, five to seven years let's grow at an absolutely insane crazy crazy rate because we've been up front that like when we we refuse to jeopardize our values and the quality and safety of of our product so um i think for for our investors no different than any business like at the end of the day like they want to for us we believe that the impact we can have on the world and our valuation that it, it's not mutually exclusive like they should if we make more money, then we're impacting mm. more people's lives. And if we impact more me- people's lives, we'll make more money. So, mm. and I think actually in any good business, it's it's like that. Mm. Yeah. Same with Airbnb, like I keep you or Uber. If they get more people to where they want to go, they yeah, make more course. money. If they yeah. make more money, they get more people to yeah. where they want to go. So you're not on a crazy Amazing. mission to scale, scale, scale. No. We've told our like we've almost scared off our like the investors. Like, look, we're going to do this for fifty years. Like, do you want to? <laughs> Yeah. Are you in for that? Or uh, yeah. dead by then, Doug. Scares <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it scares some off. Yeah. scares loads off. No, but I think yeah, that's, I, it's funny you say that because I think it's like, you know, do you want your kids to benefit from this? No, of course, it's like, yeah, it's next generation. And... Be, yeah, because you know. can the investors, excuse me, I'm not, I'm not that clued up when it comes to investment, mm. but it, can they benefit from this if you don't sell or if you well what's the event that yeah, you have to get yeah to? we've always we've all, we've talked about that a lot so i think when um when i was going around um what you would describe as pitching but i wouldn't say how i was having the conversation was pitch we talked about a few different possible scenarios dividends if okay, if yeah. the business is profitable okay, you, get yeah, dividend, you get a dividend like mm. remember that they exist you know in this world <laughs> no, like, exactly. people often forget that yeah. um a secondary, so being bought out by a different investor, mm. being bought out by the company, yeah. mm. um, and also never say never. Like maybe Sanctus does decide to sell to exactly. a, a business that aligns with our values one day. Or go public, you know. Yeah, or yeah. go put the like books we, I've oh. read of Patagonia, yeah. Starbucks, yes. Nike. Mm. They've been going Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patagonia yeah. is a brilliant example because of their values. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. No, amazing. Okay, uh, one more. I actually quite like this one. When does an everyday worry become mental health? And she used an example of. For instance, um, getting on a train um, and sort of part of overcoming natural fears as growing up, and you have to do that as a grown up. Yeah. And obviously now, when mental health is obviously huge, suddenly now that becomes a mental yeah. health problem. Yeah. Can I just quickly chip in before we go into that, just to remind everyone these two aren't coaches as well. No, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really. I feel bad for you guys. You must get so many <laughs> yeah, yeah. requests, but, but just for your experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, yeah, I was going to caveat with that. If you know, neither of us are kind mm. of 
professionals, but you know, we've been in the industry now for a few years. So I'm when I answer this, I'm probably almost regurgitating what a Sanctus coach would say. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's about when we, if you the way we look at it, we've all got mental health. So every day, all day, every day, for every day of our life, we've got mental health. And I think right now, when people say mental health, actually what we're often talking about is mental illness. So I think when people say mental health, they're all already straight away thinking about the, the bad. So actually, when I hear that question, it's like, okay, so I've got mental health every day. At what point do I know I've got a mental health problem? Okay. Does that, does that make sense? That's yeah, what yeah. I heard in that question. Mm. I didn't hear... Yeah. Because if you, if that question is when does every day worry become mental health, I'm like the my answer no, no, is every course. day. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> you've got I, mental health. I might every check day. in real quick there because and just this is what I learned from I did a mental health first aid course yeah. two weeks ago. I'm going to stop mentioning that at some point. <laughs> um, but one of the things they spoke about they go in the kind of a degree of severity, and you start with stress. Right, mm-hmm. everyone's felt stress mm-hmm. to a certain degree. The step after stress is anxiety. And the difference is, with stress, you can logically work out what's going on. I've just shut down my business, I'm mm-hmm. experiencing da-da-da-da. There's a logical reasons to why I'm feeling this, this panic and anxiety. When it becomes uh, a disorder or an anxiety disorder, or whatever you want to call it, it could be OCD, it could be panic attacks, it could be any of these different symptoms, is when it's irrational. And it's when you can't, even with the most logical response and logical thinking, still can't rationalise these feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we go wrong a lot of the time. When someone comes to us with stress, as a friend, you go, okay, let's work out what's going on. Yeah. When somebody comes to you with anxiety, that thing, let's work out what's going on logically, is petrifying. Because it's not solving my issues. And you're just reminding me about how fucking mm-hmm. irrational and crazy I am. Yeah. So... I, get, I think I would just say the minute you can't, log, you can't find the logic in what's going on through speaking to somebody mm-hmm. is perhaps when it's more of an anxiety problem. Yeah, and I would just say that, like, it, let's take the train example. Let's say you, you know, sometimes when I still, I go on the underground, I'm a bit like, pff, like, oh, mm. bit, sort of a bit, feel a bit anxious. It doesn't stop me getting on the underground. No, of course. So I think if something become, it gets to the point where it's debilitating you in your life, mm. I, I I might say that that's when it gets to the point where that's like a mental health issue that you might want to seek professional help for. I would also argue on the other side of the spectrum, even so for for me, it take me as an example. Even if I've got a slight tiny pang of anxiety getting yeah. on the tube why would I not explore that yeah, I yeah. can guarantee that will that will manifest and crop up in another area of my yeah. life as well probably if I explore it, it'll be I don't know God knows where that would go if I took that to therapy you know it could go any, it could go anywhere so I think for me it's like any any signal you get like that from your body is information mm, the, the, your body's like the access point to your mental health so even if it feels small I actually think it's as worth investigating as if it feels big. Obviously, if it's big and debilitating, yeah. you might want to sort of be a bit more immediate in seeking help. Even if it's small, I think actually it could be a growth opportunity instead. Amazing. If that makes sense. Okay, really good. last one, because yes. I, uh, two, Sorry, three, three people asked this question, to be fair, around the same sort of yeah, to, uh, topic. So what is, what is your guys' opinion on the farmer industry? I know you guys offer you know, coaches and stuff to people and businesses. Um, and it says, are you against medical prescriptions as there are theories that they keep you using them, you know, for... It's a mm-hmm. big, big question, but I had three people ask this question. That's a big one. On, mm. on, yeah, essentially on, on medication. I, I'm, I'm, spe- I'm speaking, I'm firing from the hip here. Of course. Um, I, don't, I'm, I don't know if we need to do that Twitter thing where it's like views of my own sort of thing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I think... Sort of, I'm not. I've never taken antidepressants or, or medication. From what I hear from people, people have mixed reviews. Some people say they're an absolute lifesaver, and and they kind of um, got them to a point where they could then seek help. Some people say they numbed me, 
they kept me in the same place and they yeah. did nothing for me. Mm. I think I person my personal opinion is that they're overprescribed mm. due to a lack of knowledge from GPs. Okay. So I think GPs dish them out because actually GPs are not trained in mental no, health. No, of course not. They don't actually know. They're, they're trained in physical health. Mm. So they're dishing out a physical prescription for a problem which is which actually doesn't have a lot of the time a physical solu- solution uh, in my opinion mm-hmm. so i think i'm not going to say they're good or they're bad no. but i do think from an industry perspective they've been over over prescribed um due to a lack of knowledge and a lack of resource i think if for a gp you know you've got fucking 30 people coming to see you in your day you've got an average of seven minutes per person yeah, and someone's coming and telling you that they they hate their life and they're depressed Give them a give them a pill quickly and get them out of there. Yeah, of course. That's I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with that. I'm making broad mm, generalizations, yeah. And, but yeah. And one of the biggest challenges we've got, like within in the country, is a supply problem, a su- supply issue of practitioners. So a, a, another good alternative in that situation would be to refer an individual to a therapist on the NHS yeah, or a counsellor. But there's just the waiting lists are, are just as long. So if somebody is in a really difficult place, mm. what do you do? In Quick solution. Yeah, yeah. So. That's another huge thing. And we, I suppose we, that's what we're trying to... Like, first, it's the perception of mental health that we've spent the last few years really working hard on, and we always will. The second thing is the supply problem of having enough qualified, experienced yeah. practitioners who can help... You know, if, if everybody in this country has mental health, 60, 70 million people want to work on themselves, mm. where do they go? Where is the <laughs> yeah. gym? And who are they going to work with? Mm. And so that's the second thing we've been working on, sort of. And we'll, we'll continue to. So one day there will be ten thousand Sanctus coaches that Amazing. you can access through the app yeah. or There's on the high ability we want to guys. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what we'll be. No, yeah. 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 Well, guys, look, right. thank you. Firstly, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable. Um, I think what you're doing as a business is brilliant, and I really hope this does go to the levels and the place that you want it to. I could be millions, or it could be ten. Who knows? <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much yeah. for me. Putin. Where can people find you? Um, best place to follow us, uh, Instagram, at Sanctus, is a good place. We post our content there. We have our own pos- podcast called The Sanctus Podcast. Um, talk about many things related to mm. mental health, Brexit, language <laughs> of mental health, coaching and therapy, parenthood, Amazing. finding a good job for your mental health, all sorts of stuff. So that, that's a good place to, if, you, um, if you just kind of want to listen and, and learn. Um, and then LinkedIn is also good. Um, personally, James Routledge posts a lot of uh, stuff on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, and then sanctus.io is our website, um, but social media is the best guys, place. Thank you so thank much. You so much. Cheers, Cheers, thanks for Cheers guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.